Welcome to If It Had Not Been Podcast. This is your host, Miss Olivia Wright. I am back. Just blessed and thankful for the opportunity to, of course, share what God has placed on my heart. I pray you are having a blessed week, a blessed day, and a blessed moment. Um, this podcast, for those who are new and even returning, just a reminder, it is inspired by Psalm 124.1. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, uh, just that in and of itself um, is enough, right? When you reflect and you think back on the goodness of God, the grace of God, uh, his healing, his love, and his deliverance power and salvation, right? The walk of faith, Um reflecting and providing testimony, right? We all have testimonies with an S. In Revelation 12, 11, it talks about, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the enemy. We overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. It is not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. But it is the word of my testimony and continuous testimony of what God has done for me. And there are many moments in life where if it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. I don't know. And when the going gets tough, when trials come, when storms come and situations arise, it's a good time to think about that because if he did it, then he'll do it again. But even when we have to go through, knowing that we are with God, that God is with us. He is on our side. He's on my side. Um, It makes the journey that much more bearable because life happens and life happens to us all. It's part of the earthly journey. We know we are here on purpose. Who? God's purpose. And so... I thank God for this podcast and I pray that it blesses you. So today's topic, I want to get into, um, talk a little bit about temptation. Obviously this can be a whole week long series because temptation is inevitable and, uh, it's a part of the earthly journey, but we know being in Christ in the walk of faith, um, that we have the tools and the power within us to resist it. And so this is an every day effort. This is a every moment effort in some cases, depending on where you are. Um, but we want to be on guard. We want to be aware, not only of our surroundings and people, places and things, but ourself. When I say that, I mean our own flesh. (laughs) So I'm going to get into it. Um, What is temptation, right? I like to define whatever it is the subject is or the topic is just to get a clearer understanding of what are we really talking about. And so temptation, a situation in which one experiences a challenge to choose between fidelity and infidelity to one's obligations toward God. 
right? It come, here comes a challenge, and I have to make a choice. And I need to understand, um, is it the God way or my way, right? A solicitation of the passions, enticements to evil, proceeding from the prospect of pleasure or advantage. We know that we can be enticed by certain passions that we have and that lead to evil or maybe evil, right? It's in our flesh. It's our fleshly nature. It's our human nature that wants to rear its ugly head and wants what it wants. And obviously it brings about self-gratification or some pleasure that's temporary, right? It's nothing permanent and it doesn't even result to anything good. Um, and again, the state of being tempted or enticed to evil. So temptation and what I am talking and speaking to on today is that in which will entice us to do that, which is evil, right? That is not good. It's not purposeful for our well-being and even those around us because we know that our actions and the things and the choices that we make ultimately affect not only us, but those that are around us, our children, our families, our coworkers. Everybody's affected by the choices that we make. I do want to say this. Temptation is not from God, right? I know a lot of times we... Let's say God did it. Well, I just want to say that temptation may be allowed by God, but it's not from God. And we get that from James chapter 1, 13 through 15. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Isn't that something we can't tempt? <laughs> God can't be tempted with evil. It's like, uh, no, I, that's, that's not going to work over here. Because I know what it is. Neither tempteth he any man. Isn't that wonderful to know that God will not tempt us? But every man, this is my favorite scripture. Because I don't want to be a victim. I want to be a victor. And I never want to hold someone else accountable to my own actions and decisions and choices. So James 1, 13 through 15 particularly verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Wow. Come on. Can we marinate on verse 14? But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Let's underline own your lust, my lust. That's, that's what I am drawn away by and enticed by not, not by somebody else. Not because of the surroundings I put myself in, not because of who I'm around, but it's, it's my own lust. It's something that's going on inside of me. It's what's happening in my fleshly nature. Now we're all different, uniquely and wonderfully made. No one of us is alike. We have commonalities, but no one is exactly alike. And we have to understand and know what our own lusts are. Right? Because the scripture tells us. <laughs> but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So what is it about my flesh? My fleshly nature, my human nature that I need to understand and come to know. So when I'm navigating life, when I'm walking my soul out my own soul salvation, I know what I could be tempted by. 
The enemy knows. So I need to know. And not only do I need to know, I need to be aware. And not only do I need to know and be aware, I need to be in prayer. Because sometimes it just is what it is. You know, we want to know our own proclivities. And so, again, today's topic is resisting temptation. And in order to resist temptation, we got to know what it is. What is it to me? Your tempt, your, your lust ain't my lust. We could have some lust in common, <laughs> obviously. But you have to deal with your own lust like I have to deal with my own lust. And I got to keep that in check. Amen. So let's get into it, right? How, how temptation may be presented and what it comes from and how it may manifest itself, right? We talked about James 1 through 14 in particular, understanding, right, the flesh. You know your thoughts. You know what comes up. You know what you may be tempted by. Something typically that is going to bring you what you would call pleasure to your flesh, but ultimately manifest evil and it'll be negative consequences, right? Making that choice that you want to make so bad is ultimately going to cause harm to you and those around you, right? Um, and obviously we can just take food, for example, right? We know there's a spirit of gluttony. Gluttony is overeating, right? You're idolizing food. You're living to eat and not eating to live, right? You don't have no conscience about what you put in your body and you know you're gaining weight and you know that you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, right? Your blood sugar, your blood sugar levels are, are, are going haywire. You know, your cholesterol, right? And, and, and your arteries, your heart and, and, and all of these things are impacted by what your choices you're making when you eat food. I'm just going to go on spirit of gluttony just to keep it light. Right? So you love food, right? It's a lust of yours. You look at food in the way it was not designed to be perceived or looked at. We enjoy food. Yes. But we know that in acts in excess, anything in excess, right? Um, can cause us harm. Right? So we got to make different choices. So if, if food is your lust, which it can be, trust me when I tell you, I will even put myself out there to say that I've had those challenges. I didn't think I ever would, but uh, I have those challenges. And so I can't look and say, well, it's because this restaurant is on the corner that I really like. And that's the reason why I made that choice. No, it has nothing to do with the location of the restaurant. Oh, well, mom cooked a good meal. All right. And even though I didn't have healthy choices, I still had to eat it because mom cooked it. Mom, that, that has nothing to do with why I would make the choice to eat it or not. Right. But knowing that that is a lust of mine. Right. Is the point of this all. Let's just be real with ourselves. Let's just be accountable to our flesh and what it wants to do, right? Don't you want to know your flesh? Know what is happening. So what? You can pray about it. You can pray against it. And of course, I called it spirit of gluttony. Why? Because we want to call it by its name. Some of us may have issues with drinking, right? Some of us may say, you know what? I like a glass of wine, maybe a couple times a year if I go out, depending on the meal that I have. I just get a little bit, a little bit of red wine. No problem. 
some of us may say, well, you know what? I, 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 I like to drink every day. Um, I, I, I need, I don't, not a glass, but a bottle. Amen. And so again, anything in excess, right? It could be pornography, right? Uh, I know I shouldn't be watching it because, uh, sex is between husband and wife. That's a, that's, that's between people who, a husband and wife who is married, right? That's what God created it for. Be fruitful and multiply is what he said between man and woman. So I'm watching pornography. That's not in, that's not inside the marriage. That's outside the marriage. Oh, that's lust. That's a, that's perversion. Right. And so that could be a struggle, right? Shopping, you know, uh, 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 not stewarding your resources, money, right? Desiring money. Money could be a lust. I I, I just got to have it. I'm a hustle and do whatever I got to do to get it. It's, it's what my life depends on. I got to have the money. I got to have the shoes, the clothes, and the cars, right? That, that, that lust that you have going on that draws you to evil, it entices you to do that in which is in opposition to God. You know God had told you to put that plate down. You know God had told you to put the glass down. You know God had told you to stop smoking. And you know God had told you to get out them clubs and uh, uh, get out them bars. You know God had told you to get off the pole. It's going to be real to turn that pornography off. God done told you to leave that man alone and leave that woman alone. God done told you that fornication is a sin against the body. The lust can go on and on. Power and authority can be a lust. Amen. Whatever you do in excess that is in opposition to God, he's called you out of that. Amen. It's destructive to you. It can cause do harm to you and those around you. Are you aware of your temptations? Because temptation is not from God, but it is your own lust that you are enticed by. We know the world is full of lust. Let's look at first John two fifteen through 18. It says, love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. Why? Why do you say that? Verse 16 says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but it is of the world. Hmm. So we are in the world but not of the world, correct? As men and women of the faith. But we are not to love the world or things that are in the world, right? Why? Because for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, we talked about flesh, your human nature, and the lust of the eyes, we know what we see can be deceptive, Right. We look on something and we have a desire for that thing. Right. That's the gateway, if you will. Right. To, for enticement and the pride of life. Right. That pride of life that my life is of my own. No, it ain't. <laughs> you didn't give you life. So how are you going to have pride of life when you did not give you life? You don't know one second from the next. 
But we have our own human nature that we have to deal with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, right? What we look on, what we see. And then the pride of life, right? Self-centered, knowing that or thinking and believing that I, I, I'm of my own. I made me. It says it's not of the father, but it's of the world. That's the world. And as believers, we are of the kingdom of God. I love the scripture when Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is at hand. I just love, I don't know why I love that, but I'm just like, wow. <laughs> you know, talk about authority, just walking to earth, like the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm trying to tell you that the kingdom of God is here. You might not believe it, Pharisee. You might not believe it, Sadducee, but I'm trying to tell you what it is. Take heed. I don't know why I love that. I just love that. Um, so the flesh in the world, right? So we know, again, in the world, but not of the world. But we are in this human flesh. And obviously, I didn't get into how the flesh can rear its ugly head and how it goes back to before we were in the womb, excuse me, to when we were in the womb, because we got to understand our lineage and our bloodline, uh, the generations that have come before us. It is, it is a, it is a study, right? To understand why some tempt, why some lusts are and why some lusts exist, right? Some of it's of our own, but some could be generational, right? Nonetheless, we want to be able to understand the flesh that we're in, know what to call it so we can cancel it, pray it out in the name of Jesus. So James 4 and 4 says, Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. I had to say that because we talked about the world and understanding again, we are in it, but not of it. So when it comes down to temptation and making that choice to resist, right? We want to just understand and know always that this world is an enmity with God. When we get that in our head, it could be a little bit easier because again, we are of the kingdom of God, not the world. And we know the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it is not of the Father. The scripture of the month for me is actually James 4, 7, which I'll get to when overcoming temptation. One more thing. First John five nineteen says, and we know that we are of God in the whole world lieth in wickedness. So when it comes to temptation being presented, it, it, it really is understanding that the world we live in, right? The world we live in has lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, is an enmity with God. If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. And if we are of God, right? 
to understand that we are of God in the world that we are in, but not of lieth in wickedness. So every day that we get up, that God blesses us with breath in our body, air in our lungs, and we get up on God's purpose, we go journey in the world. We have to realize that not only we have our flesh, but the world is going to present us temptation. It's just what it is. It will always be. So trying to change it. (laughs) Amen. We can work on souls. People. But the world. We just read about what it is and what it contains. That's not going to change. Okay. So we got to realize that and acknowledge that I got my flesh, but this world is going to be full of it. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Now I do want to talk about Jesus briefly only for the sense of time, but Matthew four, one through 11 talks about Jesus being tested in the wilderness. Um, Tempted in the wilderness, I should say, honestly. Um, and what I really enjoy about this, because anytime that you're in the scriptures and you read about Jesus Christ, you can really want to put yourself in his shoes and kind of put, put yourself in the place in the space that he's in and really meditate on the decisions he made and what he said, (laughs) especially when he was coming, when I would say the enemy was coming against him because his response you can learn from, but Jesus was tested in the wilderness and he was in a vulnerable state, a vulnerable state because he was fasting. He just got baptized and he went into the wilderness for 40 days baptized by John the Baptist and God sent a dove down and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And this was the start of his ministry. And so he's in a vulnerable state, just baptized. He's fasting. He's in the wilderness alone. And here comes the enemy. Why do I say this? Because one thing that I've learned in life is when life happens to me, it could be a baptism. That's life changing. The conversion is life-changing, right? I remember when I went down in the water, when I gave, when I was converted, when I was converted, a heart change, a complete 180, I remember the temptation that came after that. I was in a vulnerable state. Why? Because I was in, I was, I, I just did a 180. It was a transition for me. And I remember craving cigarettes, and I'm being vulnerable here. I remember it. And I was just like, I'm not going to do it. And I have been now cigarette free for a decade. <laughs> God is good. But I remember being tempted. What? By my own lust. There was a, that was an issue that I had. It was a problem I had. It was a challenge that I had. It was my own lust. And Jesus was in a vulnerable state. We want to take heed to this because whenever you go through something in life, 
that causes you to be vulnerable. Now, I will just use myself as an example. My brother passed away in 2020 and I had to deal with the grieving I had to deal with a loss and what I didn't recognize at the time is how vulnerable it made me be and susceptible it made me be to where I allowed a company that I should not have allowed individuals and, and, and people that, uh, relationships were, were severed or God had blocked that had a way in because of this vulnerable state I was in. Right. Things or, or, or I would say lust that I had kind of came back around and say, Hey, you want to, you want to try this or try that, or you want to do this or do that. Right. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be um, whatever the old man did, but it can just you can be introduced to doing things that you normally wouldn't do in order to get through a trial or tribulation. And what I noticed was the enemy did use people. You know, he used people. to get the message through or to, to set it up. Right. But it's not the people that I can blame on that. Cause I know temptation is not from God. It is, it is, it is evil. And it's from the enemy It's trying to entice me to do that. in which is an opposition to God. So understanding when life is hitting you hard, whether you're going through a financial struggle, where you're going through a housing struggle, whether you're going through a workplace struggle, whether you're going through a church struggle, whether you're going through family struggles, relationship struggles, marriage struggles, you have to realize that that's a vulnerable state, especially when you lose a loved one. So that's why this topic is so important to me because at the point of rebellion, even in my pre-conversion state, God had showed me to write out the rebellious moments in my life. Pre-Christ, those moments where I just wild out. That's a whole nother podcast. But when I wrote them down, I realized that there was a loss that preceded the rebellious state. There was some sort of loss. There was some breakup. Something happened and literally within months or at least a year, there was this rebellious state that I was in. And it rebellious state was maybe, you know, two years, maybe two and a half years the most, but it created all the more greater dysfunction, uh, disruption, chaos, and there was consequences to pay. And so we got to really be in prayer and seeking God in those vulnerable moments where the enemy is going to want to come in and entice you with your own lust. Amen. And we don't want to gratify the flesh because we're not living in the flesh. We are spiritual beings. Our vessel is that of Christ and Christ is in us. So overcoming temptation. Let's get into it and wrap it up. 
Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray. This is what Jesus told his disciples. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. The spirit is willing. The spirit has the power to overcome. Holy spirit, I'm speaking to. The comforter, your spirit man. Paraclete. The spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Your fleshly human nature wants to be gratified no matter what. But how do you overcome it? Ha, we watch and we pray. We feed our spirit man with the word. We read the word. We get the word in us. We strengthen our spirit man by doing that. First Corinthians 10, 13. I love this. We got to remind ourselves of this. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. It's common. It's nothing new under the sun. And God is faithful. God is faithful. The God we serve is faithful, loyal. His promises are yes and amen. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Now, he might allow it. It doesn't come from him, but he might allow it. But you will never be tempted beyond what you can bear. Do not say it was too much. Why? Because when you're tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. He will give you a way of escape. So when something's coming at you, when the enemy is sending it, however he sends it, and, and, and picking at you about what you lust on in your flesh, just know it's not too much. It's not beyond what you can bear. And God is going to provide a way out because he is faithful. He wants you to endure it. So he's going to provide you a way of escape. We got to look for it. We got to pray for it. We got to take our time and understand I'm being tempted. God going to provide a way out of this. James four, seven. This is my scripture of the month. Thank you, God. Submit yourselves then to God. We got to submit to God. He is the head of our life. He is the head of my life. I honor and reverence him with my life every day. It's a, it's a new day. New mercies I see, but I'm submitting and resist the devil and he will flee from. We got to resist. We got to resist. Sometimes we got to be like, you know what? Not today. We got to take control. We have power to tread on serpents and scorpions. That's what it says in Luke over all the enemy. So we, sometimes we just got to say no. Sometimes we just got to say, you know what? I'm not going to return that phone call. You know what? I'm not going to send that text message. You know what? I'm not going to book that flight. You know what? I'm not going to go to the mall. You know what? I'm not even going to order out. I'm going to cook a meal myself, right? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and budget. I'm not going to, I'm going to go ahead and pay my tithe, right? You know what? I'm not going to comment on that. I'm not going to say anything because I don't have nothing nice to say, right? We're resisting because we don't want the consequences we have to pay if we do proceed with it and we do fall into temptation. And we know that God is faithful, and he will provide a way out. Even if sometimes what that means, turn the other cheek. The beautiful thing about this journey is we have armor. Ephesians 6, 11 talks about the armor of God. Why we put it on? Because we want to be able to stand against the devil's schemes. We know the enemy, the devil is seeking whom he may devour. We know that. And so we got the armor of God on. Amen. And if you got to put it on, and, 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 and quote that scripture as you put it on that breastplate of righteousness, that helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, uh, the sandals of peace, the girdle of truth. 
Amen. We want to be able to stand against the devil's schemes because we have power. And we want to walk in that power and confidence, knowing that God is with us. John 16, 33, in conclusion, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. He's in us and he has overcome the world. So we can be excited. Although we're in the world, not of the world, we got Jesus in us and he's overcome the world. So we know when we're faced with temptation, we have everything that we need to overcome it. Right? I choose God. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For those of you that are listening that are not of the faith, the best decision I've ever made in my life. The book of Romans 10, nine says that thou, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You too can have this journey, this power, Amen. This purpose, this identity in Christ. You can be delivered from that in which you are in bondage to. You can be delivered in that in which has you chained and bound. The regret, the shame, the guilt, all of that. He will loose from your heart and your mind. and You will be transformed and renewed. It is a journey well welcomed. Best decision I ever made in my life. And so if you acknowledge in your heart that Jesus is Lord, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe that Jesus died for your sins and was raised from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Repent. Asking God for forgiveness, turning away from that sin and getting baptized in the name of Jesus. You will receive salvation. And so in conclusion, thank you so much for listening. I pray that um, you do your study, you know, of yourself and um, the scriptures that have been messaged in this podcast uh, that you would study and know that you have the power in Jesus' name to overcome temptation. And so thank you so much for joining. If it had not been for the Lord on my side podcast. This is your host, Miss Olivia Wright. Until next time, be blessed.